So we're, we're dealing with, in truth, four different situations, four different questions. They revolve around the same thing, but they, each one has its own, it has its own kind of um, application and, and variation, which changes the halacha somewhat. To clarify, we have the, ba- you know, the main question that we're all wondering about is playgroups. And playgroups, we all know that primarily what we are hiring our playgroup mora to do is to babysit. Uh, babysitters, certainly that's the case. But even a playgroup where there is some you know, teaching going on to some extent, however much teaching you want to call that, that's not really what we're paying for. The main thing we really want is, is the babysitting, and that's obviously not happening at all. And the Zoom, for what's it's, what it's worth, basically involves us babysitting our children and dealing with the Zoom and having them sit there. So we're, not, we're getting very little value from the playgroup. That's the playgroup is one shiloh. The next shiloh is the schools and, and tuition, where there is a few different aspects to the school question. One is that the schools are offering, you hire them for education and they are offering education. They are clearly not giving the same amount of education as they normally do. Uh, The truth is that I asked my son's Rebbe that if you're able to teach all the, the, you usually teach within the two hours or the hour that you have on Zoom, then I expect that as Hashem, in the future, when we get back to school, you'll be teaching double or triple, right? I mean, if you, if you see now, we can compress it into an hour. So then what's going on here? Let's, uh, you know, we should, we should be demanding more. Um, so, uh, you know, there's Chazara and there's other things going on. But anyway, the, the fact is that they are definitely teaching a much more scaled down amount of time. But nevertheless, they are offering education and they're doing a pretty good job of it. And they're giving as much education as possible. And the children, for the most part, are the older children who are capable of dealing with the Zoom on their own, at least when you twist their hands behind their back or you uh, bribe them or you figure out some other way to get them on screen. Uh, so that's another question. And as an additional knech uh, to the school question is the fact that the, the nature of the kind of contract you make with a school is not exactly the same that you make with a playgroup. Even if playgroups do design their own fancy contract, the fact is that when you make a arrangement with a school, the understanding is it's the school's prerogative to decide what are days off and what are days not off. And, and you can't really uh, go over to them and say, well, you decided to close for a teacher in service day, give me some money back. It's, that's kind of the understanding that it's not exactly a day-by-day kind of payment. So if they take off, you don't get any money back. Nevertheless, obviously, you still want, um, yeah, you know, the, the not, that's not included in taking off three months and four months. So, but it's still different. It's a different kind of contract. It's important to keep that in mind. That's schools. The next question, which we've been dealing with extensively as well, is uh, seminaries or out-of-town yeshivas where a large portion of the tuition, or at least I used to think so, is really paying for food and board, right? You're not only paying for the education, and that they're doing, and many seminaries are, my daughter is on the phone from nine to four, getting uh, the, the classes that the seminary would normally offer, but there's no food, and there's no board, and there's no tiulim, and all the other things that seminaries offer, and that, you're not getting any of. So that 
what about that? You should get money back for that. And then the last question, which now has become very relevant, is what about the camps? Now, ostensibly, I know the camps are, did make an attempt to see if they can open in the summer, believe it or not, even the New York camps and the Catskills. They put a petition to the Sullivan County mayor, I guess, uh, that he should allow the camps. They'll have their own closed um, environment and they'll test everybody, so on and so forth. I would be highly surprised if that comes to fruition, the look of the way things are going in New York City, it seems to me highly unlikely that that'll actually happen. So assuming that the camps won't actually come, uh, you know, won't, won't materialize, many people, myself included, pay down payments to the camp. They, or they make you pay a down payment to ensure your spot. And, uh, you know, the down payment they want you paying already back in uh, September or who knows when, you know, before Shana, you already have to think about the next year's camp. So those down payments were paid. Are we entitled to get that money back? And down payments is already its own sugya. It's a different, it's a different, it's a different thing. We have to figure that out on its own. What's the status of a down payment? So that's the four things that we have to cover and see, try to understand as much as we can. I said this is not a halacha l'maysa shir because, first of all, halacha l'maysa really requires each person together with the person on the other side to deal with it because this is... The nature of this sugi is that by the time you're done, really the only option is pshara, that everybody should work together and come out with a deal and arrangement that works for them. So that's why it's not Allah Khalmaisa for one reason. And in addition, we're, I don't think we're going to have enough time. This would be more like a two or three hour share for us to have enough time to truly work it out to get to Allah Khalmaisa. But at least what we will try to do is give us a good working understanding of at least how this works, how these kind of arrangements works, why it is that you should or should not be obligated to pay if you're not getting any product. Why would you have to pay? And it's important to understand that. So the truth is that as an introduction to this whole sugi, we really have to first understand, you know, this is a unusual situation. This is referred to in halacha as a makas medina, when the whole city or the whole, um, the whole, uh, county or I'll question halachically exactly how far we go with this, but there's a shayla halacha, you know, Marcus Medina, um, a pandemic and epidemic has its own halacha. But before we get to the epidemic and pandemic aspect of the question, which is what we're dealing with, let's try to understand what happens in a regular inus. Whenever you have a client and a employee relationship, what happens when there's an inus and the work can't be done? And there are many different kinds of items. So we'll just try to get a basic understanding of how this works. And then we can proceed and try to see whether Makas Medina is different. If it's the same, why should it be different or why should it be the same? But first you have to understand the basics. How does every Skiris Pailam work? And now it's interesting. I've been working on a Sefer on Skiris Pailam for a while now, a couple of years. And uh, I have a whole chapter on Einsim, a whole chapter on when, you know, things are out of your control happen and the work can't be done, either from the employer's side or from the employee's side. And I learned at the time a little bit through the Sugi of Makas Medina, but I was thinking to myself, ah, you know, what do I have to bother writing about this? How relevant could it possibly be? When is Makas Medina ever going to happen? My idea of Makas Medina was like, you know, there's a hurricane. You're in Puerto Rico where the whole, the, whole, the whole island gets wiped out by a hurricane. There's an earthquake and you're in Chile and, you know, the whole place collapses. That's the kind of Makas Medina I was having in my mind. And it never occurred to me, <laughs> you know, but it was das that this kind of thing will actually become the gay and all the Paiskim, all the current Paiskim are going to have to grapple with this. So now it's getting added to, the, to, to my book, even though I hope it'll never ever be in the gay again. 
So, <clears throat> so let's talk about what happens in a regular inus. So there's a couple of different kinds of cases of inus. There's, let's talk about the one kind of case of inus is where you hire someone to do something and then it gets canceled due to an event that everybody could have realized might have happened. Let me give you a very simple, straightforward example. You hire someone uh, to play at your Lagbaimer bonfire. You hire someone, he's going to play, he's going to play music by your Lagbaimer bonfire. And then lo and behold, it rains Lagbaimer nights. Well, if it rains Lagbaimer night, then your whole event got canceled. So you send him home. Now, you hired him, and you're canceling, and it's a no refund kind of thing. So do you have to pay or don't you have to pay? Now, this is an inus that both of them could have known, easily known, right? Everybody knows if you have an outdoor event, there's always a risk of inclement weather. And when there's inclement weather, then it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to get canceled. So who loses in that case? So whenever it's something they could have both have foreseen and they both, have, could, have, both could have realized it might have happened, then we say it's incumbent on the employee, in this case, the guy playing, to have specified that even if it gets canceled due to inclement weather, I still want to get paid. And then the, you know, the balabayas, the guy hiring him, can choose. Do I want to hire you on those conditions or not? But it was his responsibility. It's incumbent on him to make that stipulation. And if he didn't, then he doesn't get paid. So whenever it's that situation where both of them could have equally have known that there's a possibility of an inus happening, like this inclement weather case, everybody realizes that's a possibility, even though it's an inus, it's no one's fault, but it's a possibility, then it's the pile's job to clarify that. And if he doesn't, too bad on him, he doesn't get paid. Now, what about the opposite situation where an inus happens, but it's the kind of thing that really only the employer could have known about it. Let me give you two examples of that. One example is very common in construction, right? The, con the guy hires someone to work uh, on a house. He hires someone to work on a construction site. So the person you're hiring, the, pl the plumber, electrician, etc., they have no knowledge of the construction site. You're telling them to come, they'll come. You have a knowledge of the construction site. Now you happen to know that if it rains outside or if this happens or if that happens or anything comes up, they won't be able to work. You knew that but they didn't know that. And then lo and behold, they come, they come to the construction site and it's unworkable. Someone else just finished the job, etc. For some honest reason, they can't do their job. So that's the employer's fault because the employer had the information. He had the knowledge of that possibility, but the employee did had absolutely no way of getting that information. It's not his site. Therefore, in that situation, should the honest happen, you call the plumber, he comes down, he can't do his job, you have to pay him. How much do you have to pay him? You have to pay him for whatever time he expended. There's, there's a calculation for exactly how much you pay him. That's a different so again, not important to us. But the fact is, it's the employer's responsibility to pay since it was incumbent upon him to clarify what the conditions are. And if he wanted to say that in case you can't work, go home and I'm not going to pay you, he should, have had, he should have said that. And since he didn't, he has to pay. So if everybody can figure it out, then it's the, um, the employee loses out. He doesn't get a dime unless he had clarified that. If only the employer could have known, if only the guy hiring ha had this information, then it's his problem and he has to pay unless he clarified that. Now, we have now a third case, right? What if it's totally unforeseen? Something happens that no one could have imagined what is, would have happened, which is kind of like the coronavirus, right? But coronavirus, again, is a ca category for itself. 
Some other thing happened, which was not a Makas Medina. It just was an Aynas that affected both of you, but there was absolutely no way you could have foreseen it. Let me give you an example. Um, so a guy is hired to, uh, to update all the computers uh, in a, in a, uh, in a, for a company. A company has 20 computers. He's going to take a whole day, and he's going to update all the computers. Right? That was what he was paid to do. He comes down there, and just then... The building gets locked down due to some kind of uh, fire drill or be, not fire drill. Uh, someone, you know, uh, called in a fire and it was all fake. It was all not true, but someone called it in with bomb threat and the building is closed down. You can't do your job. That's right? so a totally unforeseen. Onus. No one could have foreseen that. No one could have imagined that would happen. You can't do your job. He wanted you to do your job. Now he can't pay you. So now the job can't get done, but it's no one's fault. And it's something that no one could have foreseen. That's a machlekes apaiskim. That's a machlaikis. And since it's a machlaikis a paiskim, who loses in that case? Does the Baal Bayes lose? And here the concept why anybody should lose, why, why, why should anybody have to lose? So the concept is, this is an interesting concept in, in Pilot, his Chiris Pilot and money of these halachas, is a concept called Mazlach Garim, which means that if a bad oinus happens, if an unforeseen situation happens, whose fault is it? And if there's a way to say that it's your mazel that caused it to happen, I mean, it sounds strange that we should apply such a concept of mazel to chay mishpat, but it, the Gemara applies it. So when we can kind of, we, if we can stick it on someone, put the blame on him, it's your bad luck, and we have a way of making it and, and, and proving sometimes that it's his bad luck. The Gemara has a case like where uh, the guy's bad luck caused them not to lose this, not only lose this job, but to lose five other consecutive jobs. So we can prove it's his bad luck, whatever, as long as we can pin the bad luck on one person, so then, it, uh, then, then he's the guy who loses out. And this is a machlaikis apaiskin when it's totally unforeseen. Who do we pin the bad luck on? It's a machlaikis. And whenever it's a machlaikis, what's the halacha? So what does that mean? That means that if I, the employer, didn't pay yet, if I didn't pay yet, I don't have to pay. And if I prepaid, then I can't get my money back. That's the way it works. Now, those are three basic rules of Aynas, which are very important to realize. And now we can start thinking, okay, what is Makas Medina compared to, right? Case number one is when they both could have known, then the employee loses out, the guy being hired, the worker, he loses out. When only the employer could have known, the guy hiring, it's his, it was his prerogative to, find, to give over and figure out this information, then he loses. When no one could have known, it's a machlekes, it's a suffix, Depend, whoever has the money keeps it. Now, there's another interesting part here which is very relevant to us. Let me give you a case. So a guy gets uh, hired. He was looking for a job to work in a camp in the summer. And he, the, generally, the time period to get that kind of job is, let's say, February time. That's when all the camps are hiring. So he calls up a head counselor. He says, you have a job for me. And the head counselor says, yeah, sure, I have a job for you. Now, the head counselor had in mind that he, would, he needs this guy as a counselor, but he didn't specify that. He says, I have a job for you. You can come. And once the guy heard he has a job, so he stopped looking for a job, and then the time passed. Now, it turns out the head counselor wants him as a counselor, but then it turns out that bunk that he had in mind for him never materialized. People canceled. They pulled out. They didn't come to camp. So now he has no job for him. So he calls him back, and he says, sorry, I had a job for you, but now I have no job for you. 
And he says, what do you mean? He says, well, the bunk I had intended for you didn't materialize. He says, you didn't tell me what you wanted me to do. You just said you have a job for me. Find something else for me to do. There's plenty of work in camp. Find some other work for me. So in that case, even if it's totally unforeseen, doesn't make a difference. The head counselor is still mishubed to give this guy work because it wasn't specified exactly what the nature of the work is. So when it's not specific what the nature of the work is, as long as there's some work for him to do, he has to pay him, he has to hire him, he has to give him the job. And he can't claim minus, even though it's not what he had in mind. And that's very applicable in our situation when we have all the different kind of variations of things being done to supplement or to take the place of what we had in mind as school, what we had in mind as seminary, what we had in mind perhaps camps, who knows what they're going to start doing, right? So when we have one thing in mind and something else materializes, it depends how clear it is in the initial contract, in the initial work agreement, what it is your expectations are. And if it's not so clear, which not, more often than not, it's not clear, then it becomes a different shaila. Now they can say, look, you know, you didn't clarify what exactly we have to do. This falls under the, this still falls under the umbrella of what we can, the services we can provide. That's another important aspect of Aynas that we have to keep in mind. Now, lastly, I want to make a point about down payments. And uh, we're not going to get back to down payments, but I don't really have a halacha lemaisa uh, clarity on this. But here's the problem with down payments that we have to realize why we might all be losing out on our down payments. We, like, we would like to think that a down payment is just a deposit for services that will be rendered right? Which means, let's say, you give a photographer for your chasana a down payment, right? You think what it is is you're giving, giving a partial payment for the services that he's eventually going to give you. And he uses it as a guarantee that if, look, if you back out, I keep the down payment. And that's kind of the guarantee that you won't back out. Now, legally speaking, this doesn't work. If you were to take him to court, he would have to give the money back. You, and any money that's given for services, future services, cannot be kept, even if there's a cancellation, even if there's a break in contract. That money has to be returned. The money was for future services, and those future services never materialized. That's the law. And I spoke to a photographer about this, and he was aware of it, that they, and the camps are as well. The way they phrase the down payment, if they wrote their contracts pro- properly, they hope they did, the way they set it up is that that's not what it is. It's a registration fee, which means you're paying to get your position in camp. And it's cost, that's the cost of registration. That means you paid money and you got your product already. Your product was a space in camp. You got it. You have a space in the camp. And if that's the case, that's why in the end, because of an onus, right, someone cancels, the shit of breaks, they can't have a, they, 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 there's no need for a photographer or all other kinds of onus, including this onus, you're not entitled to your money back because the money was for registration and you got that. You got your space in the camp. The camp didn't end up happening. Now, I understand there's room for argument and you could all think about it, but realize it's not very not posh when it comes to down payments. And I want to add another aspect to it is that the camps need the down payments because they need, to, they need the money to do all the things in preparation for camp. They hire people, they hire the, the groundskeepers, they whatever other expenses they have. They have to make down payments as well. They also have to put down payments on food, on trips, and who knows what. So they used your money for what you wanted them to use it for, to get the camp ready. And you want it back from them, they don't have the money. 
So it's very not simple that we're entitled to that money back. My hope is that they have a, lar a large part of the money. I hope that by the time Corona hit, they, they, got, they realized what's going on and they, didn't throw, they, they held on to that money. And hopefully they'll, they'll be fair enough to give it back if they have no use for it. But we'll see. I don't know what will happen. And I'm sure there will be many psakim coming out on that. So that's just important to realize that down payments is its own sugya. And, and it's, it's very different than we might understand or might think. So now let's get to the coronavirus. So what's coronavirus? Coronavirus is a makas medina. So makas medina is something that everybody is equally affected. Everybody, no one could have foreseen and no one has any control as we see. No one had absolutely no control over it. So that's coronavirus. What's the story with the makas medina? Makas medina is a huge machlaikas apaiskin. There's a Ramah, Shach, and Taz that hold one way. There's a Sma, Sefer Miris, and Naim, and Shulchan Aruch holds another way. There's a Gra who has a third opinion. It's a three-way Machlaikis. And a large part of the Machlaikis is why in the world should there be any, different, any difference between Makas Medina and any other Inus? It's the same like every other Inus. Whatever we do by an Inus, we should do by Makas Medina. Who cares that everybody's affected? Why should that change the Halacha? That's the problem. And there's no really good answer for that. That's, that, that's, that's what makes this problem so big. I mean, it doesn't change the fact what the halacha is, but as far as understanding the sugya, it's very difficult to understand why exactly it's different. So we'll see as we go along some more explanations, which are going to be very relevant to our, our case. So first, let's get into the facts, and then uh, we'll take it from there. So now we'll go to the first Maramakim. I'm going to share a screen, and this is going to be the source of Makis Medina. The source of Makis Medina is a Mishnah and a Gemara, in Bab Metziah. Give me a second here. Okay. Hope everybody sees this. So you see this uh, mission over here on the page. It says, someone who accepts a field to work on from his friend. It's a base Elon. It has a uh, built-in well, or it has a, a tree that he wanted to work with. And the well dried up, and the tree got cut down. You can't be, you can't, you, you can't change the work agreement. So now, what exactly does this mean? So we have to understand what a chakira is. We have to understand what that is. Give me a moment. Okay. So chachira means like this. A chachir was someone, basically a sharecropper, but it's a little different the way the, 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 the agreement was. I come over to you and I say, look, you have a nice field and I want to rent the field from you. That's essentially what Rabbi Frank. a rental. Like I would rent the house. I'm renting a field from you. I, I don't think anyone can see the screen. It. I'm going to grow a crop. I'm going to harvest it. And I'm going to pay you for the rental. Now, what's different about this than a regular rental is where normally a regular rental is in money. Here, the rental is not in money. The rental is in produce. That's the payment. And the produce is the produce that this field produces. So we make up a set amount. How that's Chakira is a set amount. I'm going to pay you five tons of wheat. That is you're going to be your payment, whether that's the field makes 7,000 tons, whether it makes nine tons. doesn't make the difference how much it makes or how little it makes. I have to pay you a set amount, five tons of wheat, and that is the rental payment for this field. 
That's important to understand that that is the setup. I am renting a field from you. This is my rental payment, is the five tons of wheat that will come from the field's production. And the Mishnah says that if you made a, you bought, you, you rented the field and then something very significant changed about the field. It deteriorated. The well dried up. The, the, the tree that you were gonna work with got cut down. So maybe now you shouldn't have to pay the same rental fee anymore. It's like the house became unusable. No, you got to pay the same rental. It's your problem. You don't, he doesn't lose out because of that. You just have to make do. Now, look at the Gemara, right? Two lines from the bottom. The Gemara says, Hey, dummy, what exactly happened? If you say that the main river, the main water supply for the whole, the whole county dried up, why don't you get a reduction in your rent price? You should tell him it's a Makas Medina. And this is a Rashi brings down over here that Tanan Lakaman Beperikin. We have a source later in the in the Perik. Um that Hamakabal Sodomechaveroi, if you get a you take the same kind of deal, and it got ruined by locusts, such a nizdava, or there was a hurricane, in Makas Medinahi, if everybody's equally affected, Menakal Minachakiris, you get a reduction in rent. So this is the source, that Mishnah, this Gemara. Is this source? I'm going to stop the share here. By the way, this is Daf Kuf Gimel Amid Beis in Bab Daf Kuf Gimel Amid Beis. All right, Frank, we can't see it. This is the source to the concept of Makas Medina. So let's let's understand. All right, Frank, we couldn't see the, the source sheet. Oh, I'm sorry. I see you didn't see the screen. Okay, let's try it one more time. Does everybody see it now? Yes. You do. Okay, so let's do it one more time. I'll read it again. The Mishnah said, HaMekabel Sodom Echaveroi Vihi Beis HaShlochen or Beis HaElon Your Mekabel, that's by the Mishnah here. Your Mekabel Asada, you do this Chakira setup where you're renting the field from your friend and it's a Beis HaShlochen, it has a well, a Beis HaElon, or it's a tree. Yovesh HaMa'ayin and the water dried up. Niktas HaElon it got cut off. The tree, you don't get any reduction in your rent. Your rent being the set amount of uh, produce that you have to provide. You get no reduction in the rent. And the Gemara asked, Hey, Chidami, what's this Gemara's lunch on the bottom? Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If we're going to say that the main river of that supplies the whole county dried up, why don't you get a reduction in the rent? It's a Makas Medina, and the Gemara answers that's not the case. So here is a case. Moment. So here we have a case where it's a rental. Now, it's important to understand, and just let's try not get confused by this, but all rentals are basically the same. Meaning, you rent a house, you rent a field, and you rent an employee. It's Chiras Adam, same thing. The person who rents a field is like the employer who is renting an employee. I am renting a field, you're providing the field. I'm renting a person, he's providing work. So it's all, it should be, we're going to see it's different, but it should be, it should fall under the same rules. It should have the same halachas. And the halachas are, initially the Mishnah says that this Aynas happened, your field water source dried up, doesn't make a difference. You still have to pay your rent, right? So the guy who is renting the field is the balabayas. 
And if we would, we would compare that to a pile, so it means he's hiring a uh, he's hiring a field, right? And even though something goes wrong with the field, then there's an inus happens, which means like the pile can't work due to an inus. He still has to pay. That's what this Mishnah is telling us. And that's the halacha of Chikira. However, the Gemara says if it's Makas Medina, once everybody is equally affected, then the halacha changes. And you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. So again, if we would apply that to our situation, Makas Medina, so then we are hiring an employee. Let's talk about a playgroup, right? We're hiring an employee. We're renting our playgroup, Mora. We're renting her. We're renting her premises to provide a service that she's the field to provide the service of taking care of our children. And if Makas Medina happens, Makas Medina happens so that no one is able to work, no one is able to provide the service, the halacha is, I don't have to pay anymore. So again, if we would make a direct correlation between this Mishnah of Makas Medina, which because Mara says, right now we don't know why, but for some reason when it's Makas Medina, you get a pass, you don't have to pay, you don't have to pay your rent, you don't have to pay for the service. Likewise, our playgroup Mora's, we're renting them, we're renting their service like we're renting a field. Makas Medina, we're pater from pay. That's the way this should work. Now, let's turn to a Ramah. I'm going to do another screen share here, and this is going to be of a document. Here we go. Okay, can you see it? Yes. You can see it? Okay, excellent. So this is a Ramah. I'm on the wrong one here. This is, gotta get to number one, one second. So the Ramah is in Chayshin Mishpat. It's in Simin Shin Chaf Aleph Sif Aleph. Here's what it says. The Mishnah, the Mechaber says, Hachaychir Ayamekabel Sadim Mechaber. It's the, basically saying our Mishnah, right? You're Chaychir. You took, you got this Sadim from your friend. He based a Shlachan or based a Elon. The Yavishmain based a Shlachan. It dried up. Below Pasak Hanora Gadol, but the main river didn't dry up, so it's not a Makas Medina. You can't deduct. And look at the underlined word. But if it is a Makas Medina, the river did dry up. You don't have to pay the rent. And likewise, in our case, you would not have to pay for the services of the pile. It's a Makas Medina. You don't have to pay. Now the Ramah is going to tell us that that's not true. Hagah. We're going to skip the beginning of the remark because it's not relevant to us. He says, is the first statement of the remark is a really major, uh, is, is, is tremendously applicable to our situation. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a bombshell. Like the place can really try to figure this one out. Anytime that you can deduct and you don't have to pay your rent, it doesn't make a difference past or future. Meaning, not only don't you have to pay for past months that you weren't able to work on the field, you don't have to pay for that. You don't have to pay for future months as well, right? So this, this so far is so good. So 12 months, uh, you have to say a 12-month contract, right? And you're holding by month number six. So there was already two months, let's say, that you couldn't work. So the past, you certainly don't have to pay, but you also don't have to pay in the future. That much we understand. What it does next with this is what gets exciting. 
Likewise, the Maram Paskind, Al-Mulamid, on a Rebbe, Shegazar Amoishel Shalayilmoid, that there was a decree by the government, Shalayilmoid, you're not allowed to teach, no teaching Torah allowed. So you had a hire, as it was this, the, the common in those days, you hired yourself a private Mulamid, and uh, he, he would teach your children. And then there was a decree, not, not, nothing doing, you can't teach. And look what he says. The employer, the Balabayas, loses and he has to pay full salary. He has to pay him a full salary. Not only does he have to pay him a full salary of the months that he hasn't been able to teach, he has to pay him for the rest of his contract. Right? He's, he's continuing from what he just said. You have to continue to pay him till the end of the year, whenever your contract is up. You have to continue to pay him. <coughs> Somehow, the Ramah learned the case of a pile the exact opposite than our Gemara, than our Mishnah. Right? Our Mishnah says that the guy who's renting the field, the guy who's who is uh, who, who's being soicher the sada, who's we're comparing to the Balabayas who's hiring a pile. If there's a Makas Medina, you're putter. Menakalei don't have to pay. And he says, oh, Makas Medina, you have to pay in full. What's going on here? The exact opposite. So in, in um, Dark Emesha, he explains. And he says that you see from this Mordechai that you can't compare Pu'ula to, uh, to, to uh, the halacha of Makas Medina by a Chakira. And he says it's actually going to be the exact opposite. Makas Medina will have the exact opposite effect. Why? This is an interesting swara. You can try to understand this. This is his swara. He says, buy a field. And this would be applicable actually to rent. It actually is very applicable to rent, uh, which is very relevant. Um, for example, my, my, um, my nephew uh, rented an apartment in Eretz Yisrael, right? And Pesach time, he had to come home, right? Because of coronavirus. So he came home. And now uh, Israel, at least till now, they weren't allowing any non-citizen uh, back into the country. So does he have to pay the two months rent that he wasn't able to live in his apartment because they, he was simply not allowed to come back into the country, right? So that's, that's a case of karka. That's a case of a soda where you have the, the, the renter, because of Makas Medina, doesn't have the ability to go back to his apartment. There's some differences in that case. We won't go into it right now. But it's a good, it's a good example. So over there, the Ramah explains that being that what's happening is happening to the karka itself, right? The, 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 the nahar dried up, the, the water source dried up, there was a uh, chagav, which is the, the, the locusts came, or whatever the problem is, whatever the, the issue is, it's something that happened to your field. It's your field that's getting affected. And since your field is getting affected, you have to take the brunt of it, and it gets shifted to you. So you, the owner of the field, who is the person who's getting employed here, I'm renting your field, your field got messed up, you take the loss, I don't have to pay. But when it's by an employ employer, an employee, nothing is happening to anybody in particular. There's a situation, there's a government that made exera, but this employee didn't die, didn't get sick, and the employer didn't get, die or get sick. There's a situation that's affecting everybody equally. That situation, the Makas Medina Suara goes exact opposite, and you have to pay your employee in full. That's what the Ramah says. So according to this Ramah, and he says that applies even to the future. V'yesh cholkim, he says, 
Now he says the Cholkim is Svirlo de Mikanla Bob Bedin Chazarakai. Past months, you got to pay. The future, you can just back out of the contract, right? It's not a, you know, let's stop. Let's finish our employment contract. You can't do it. You can't make good on it. So we'll stop right here and end the employment contract. I don't want play group for the rest of the year. Mikan Laba, you could be Chayzer. That's where they disagree with him. They agree with him that, oh, everything that already happened, you're going to have to pay for. But for now on, if you want, you could say, I'm done. That's it. Let's absolve the contract. Right? Like, like when it was going on over here, right? The first month, no one was sure exactly what was going to happen. They thought maybe we'll open in a, month, in a week. No, no, no one knew exactly. So at that point, you were in Chayzer. But then after Pesach, when we saw we were in for the long haul, we all said, okay, that's it. Let's absolve the contract. That's Mikan Laba. So some are Chayelik and they say, Mikan Laba, you can absolve the contract. You can knock off the contract. You can, you can uh, dissolve the contract. I'm sorry. You can dissolve the contract. And if you don't actually do it, you have to say it. It's too bad. But then, as I underlined, there are more Paskins that know, even Mikan Laba, you can't dissolve the contract. No one backed out. No one broke the contract. You can't dissolve it. It's Mikan Laba. It remains in force, and you have to pay throughout the end of the contract, which is the end of the year. So the Ramah's opinion, this is the Ramah's shita. The Ramah's opinion is that you have to pay when it's a Makas Medina. It works the exact opposite way. The employer has to pay in full for his employee who, could, who can't work. Got to pay in full. Too bad. You got to pay in full. Till the end of the year, whatever your contract was. And according to Ramah, which is true, it would turn out that we would have to pay our playgroups in full. Our cleaning ladies, we have to pay in full. Maybe you can argue that a play cleaning lady is a kind of week-to-week thing, so there's no real... You can always pull out whenever you want. So that could be. But any kind of work agreement, any kind of employment where there's an understanding that you can't just pull out in the middle of a year, you have to pay in full till the end of the contract year, until the end of the contract period, you have to pay in full. That's the Ramaz Psak. The Ramaz Psak is supported by the Shach. The Ramaz Psak is supported by the Taz. Taz and Shach both Paskin like the Ramaz. Now, the nature of Chayshim Mishvat is that if anybody argues, even if it's uh, not necessarily the majority, but it's a significant opinion, it, what it accomplishes is it makes it a suffix. And in Chayshim Mishvat, any suffix is Hamaytzi Mechaver al Once it's a suffix, then you can't get your money back. And, um, you know, like the same way in Hilchas Brachas, whenever there's a machlekes, so we say, Savik Brachas Lahakal, don't make a bracha. And Chayashimish, but it works like in that direction. Anytime there's going to be a machlekes, whoever has the money keeps it. So there's obviously a machlekes. Who disagrees? Sefer Meir Sanayim, one of the first Purushim in Shulchan Aruch. Uh, he argues, he argues under Ramah, and he asks a very valid question. Let's do another, uh, I believe I have, a, uh, I have this here. Give me a second. That should be number three. Asma, yeah. So the Sma right there in Shin Chafalaf, Sifkat and Vav says, Lanira is Daiti. Nira, the Ain Das Hamordechai B'Shem Maharam, the Tzorach HaBalabayas of Shalom HaLam. And he disagrees with the Ramah's interpretation of this Mordechai, that's who he's quoting. And he says, it's incorrect. You don't have to pay the Malamid Kala Hefzid. You don't have to pay him. The Ain Tamla Dover, because there's no explanation for that. The government said you can't teach. It's something which is right? Like we mentioned, it's an einus which no one could have thought of. 
and you can't say that any one of them should have thought about it and, and made a stipulation. Not the Balabayas and not the Malamid. And that's in that situation we pass in. Have you said that the Malamid? The Malamid loses out. And the Poyal loses out. They ain't boy in the because they're coming to be mighty. They want to get paid. They're being mighty. And a head check, by the way, is not called that someone has the money, right? A head check is you're not called a muhsi because you have a head check. It's nothing. So you, you, they don't have money. You want to, they want the money from you. They're, they're the mighty. Kamavor bigamaru paiskin. You look in Simon Shin Lamedal, which is the main Simon that talks about it. The Torah doesn't say anything about Makas Medina. The Mechaber doesn't say anything about Makas Medina. The other Rabbin, he says, on the contrary, Mistabra Loimer makes sense to say, is Kivan the Makas Medina, he Hamaskir, Asaycher, Shavim, Badaver. Since it's Makas Medina, everybody's equal. Then it's easily footing, equal footing. The Ain Loimer, the Mazla, the Shumacha Garim. You can't. Pin the blame of Mazel of any particular person. And you go back to the Klal of Now, he then goes on to say, and it's a big Arichas, which uh, he, he comes from a confusing Gemara, so I'm not going to get into it. But his maskana actually is that it should be Yachloiku. They should divide it 50 50. He learns this up from a different Gemara, Bab Metziah, which is complex, as I said. We're not going to go into it. But that's his maskana. So the Sma's actual maskana is not a Mitzvah of The Sma's maskana is 50-50. You have to pay 50%, and 50% the guy loses. So according to him, we would have to make a pshara with all our uh, playgroup mores, schools, etc., and pay them 50%. The gra, he goes straight up like the, like the Sma's kasha. He says, I don't understand. I don't see any reason why this should be different than any typical einus. It has the same rules like all einsim. Whoever has the money keeps it. So we have three opinions. The Ramah says you got to pay your employees in full. Marcus Medina, you pay it in full. Why? We don't know. Why? Why should Marcus Medina be different than any Ines? Why should that entitle the employee to get paid? We don't know. But for some reason, Marcus Medina is different. Employee comes out ahead. He gets full payment. Too bad on you. He gets full payment till the end of the contract. He can't even back out now. You're stuck. The Smash says 50-50. The Gra says, Three opinions. Now, obviously, like I said before, you have a Mechlaikis, the Allah is going to be a That's the way this works. Once you have three, two, you know, valid opinions that are opposing the, the, the Paiskim, they're not Das Yachid, then they certainly have a good Makar. So it's going to be a Now, this gets even more complicated because there's a contradiction in the Ramah. And that's where it gets really relevant to our particular case, because the Ramah, who contradicts himself, is actually talking about an epidemic, talking about a, a pandemic. So let's go to the next Maramakim. That's in Shin Lamed Dalit. That's number four. In Shin Lamed Dalit, so, sorry, Sif Aleph, it says as follows. Asoycher es so the Mechaber is not so relevant. Because of Haramah, the Ramah says, If it is a Makas Medina, so if it's a Makas Medina, he sends you back to Simon Chafal, where he explained. And now look what he says, If the reason why people ran away and therefore can't do their job is because of Shinoi Avir. Shinoi Avir means there was a change in temperature, which, 
you know, we all know means that people started dying unexplicably. So in those days, people started dying unexplicably. They said, okay, something must have changed in the environment. There must be a, a change in temperature. There must be change in climate. Whatever, right? It became warm. It became hot. People started catching the flu. So that, the fact is, because of an epidemic, everybody is running away. That's what it means. Baruch Mach Mashino So everybody ran away. They didn't want to get infected, and the infection was raging in this city. So they ran away to a different city, and they can't do their job. Havi Kishar Oynes. It's like a regular Oynes. Havi Pseidid the Poyol Melamed. And the Poyol or the Melamed loses out. What's going on here? Here, Ramah has a, a, a bona fide Makas Medina, our Makas Medina, as it so happens. It's a Shino Yavir. It's a, it's a um, pandemic. Everybody ran away. And he says it's Pseid the pile. He says the employee loses out. The Mulamid loses out. The exact opposite of what he wrote in Simon Shin Chafalaf, that the Balabayas has to take the full loss. He has to bear the brunt and he has to pay in full. So obviously this causes great consternation amongst the Noise Kalim. And they want to know, how are we going to be Miyashi the Stira? So the Shach says that Borhu is talking about that not everybody ran away. Not everybody had the same level of fear of this particular pandemic. Not everybody thought they'd be equally affected by the change in climate. And only the minority of people ran away. <clears throat> and in that case, it becomes a not a Makas Medina anymore. And therefore, it's not a Makas Medina, so it's a regular Ines. Now, this Shach <clears throat> is very relevant to us, and I'll tell you why. Because we all know that we're coming on a situation, we don't know exactly when this will happen, if it'll happen in a month, next week, in three months, uh, no one knows, unfortunately. But it's going to become a situation where it's going to be unclear exactly how dangerous it still is. And the government might allow us to start having playgroups and opening schools. And as is the case in Eretz Yisrael, the G'daylam are saying not to do it, and there's a difference of opinion. And at that point, it becomes very unclear whether you can or can't do it, and everybody's going to be doing their own thing. Some people are going to go, and some people aren't going to go, right? And, and uh, it's, it's possible that it'll come a situation that perhaps the majority of people already have started sending, and the minority still are holding out, are keeping away. Or maybe the minority are even people that are at more risk. And then it will change from a Makas Medina to a non-Makas Medina. And when it changes from a Makas Medina to a non-Makas Medina, actually, according to Ramah, the way the Shach's understanding, it's backwards, exact opposite of what you would think, right? According to Ramah, while it's Makas Medina, you have to still keep on paying your playgroup mora. Right? Marcus Medina, Balabias loses. You have to keep on playing your playgroup mark, not doing a stitch of work. Pay her, pay, got to pay her. Once everybody's allowed to go back to playgroup, but the minority aren't, and maybe your playgroup is being closed because of the, that your playgroup more is worried, then you don't have to pay. So that's, that's the way it's going to work according to, uh, according to the Shach's understanding. Now, other Akhrainim other have a very different answer to this question. The Nesivas has a very interesting answer, which I also think is very relevant to our current situation. And the Nesivas says like this. The Nesivas says, this Ramah is the correct Ramah. The Ramah that holds Makas Medina, he says, of course, it's a Makas Medina. You can't say like the Shach that it's only the minority. It's not the Mashmois. It's talking about everybody ran away. So he says that the Ramah, this is, this is the real halacha, he says. The Ramah means that Makas Medina, of course, the employer loses out. You don't have to play your, pay group, your play group more. Absolutely not. 
But he says, what's pshat, though, that the other Ramah quoted this Mordechai? And the Mordechai said that when your Rebbe can't teach because the government disallowed him from teaching, you have to still pay. But he says a brilliant thing. He says the halacha is that really you're not allowed to charge money for teaching Torah. Tomorrow in the Dharam says, Baruch works for free, you have to work for free. You can't charge money for teaching Torah. You can't charge money for teaching Torah. Uh, so how, how do Rebbeim pay? How do Rebbeim get paid? The answer is they get paid. Tomorrow in the Dharam says, for Shar Shimur. They get paid for watching your kid, not for educating him. You pay them for Shar Shimur. It's an expensive Shar Shimur. <laughs> it's quite a, you know, like expensive babysitting, but yeah, that's what it is. That's what you have to pay. That's what the Gemara says. So he says, turns out, I mean, he says, of course, that's not what you have in mind. You hire a Rebbe, you expect him to teach. But according to strict halacha, you can't pay him to teach. So you're paying him to watch the kids. So if the government decreed you can't teach, he can still watch your kids. Nothing stopping him from watching your kids. He can do what you're really paying him for. So that's what you have to pay. He's not watching your kids. That's because you choose not to do that, right? Because your 13-year-old kid doesn't need to be watched, right? So that's why you're not doing it. But that's your problem. That's not his problem. Then that's you backing out. So even though, of course, that's not what you had in mind, but being that's what the main thing you're paying for, that's why it, uh, he can still do that, and therefore, and therefore he, he gets his money. But otherwise, it's Marcus Benina, you don't get paid. Now, thinking back to what we're talking about here, right? When, peop- when the schools, the seminaries, and the playgroups are offering different services, right? They might be offering Zoom. They're sending you projects to do via email. They're doing all kinds of things, which they work hard on, and they put the effort in, nothing to talk about. But nevertheless, it's not what you had in mind when you signed up. And over here, it'll be kind of the opposite that what the Nesiva says. When you hire for a playgroup, you're paying for babysitting. That's what you have in mind. You couldn't really care less about the education. Yeah, it's very nice. You don't want them to sit. You would like them to learn the Alabays. Maybe if they wouldn't teach the Alabays, you'd find a different playgroup. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if you'd pull out because of that. You'd probably teach them the Alabays on your own. You need, what you're paying for is the babysitting. So if they can't do the babysitting, then you have this other Ramah, that's Baruch Mach Mashina Avir, and you don't pay a dime. Whereas in the schools, you're actually, the main thing you're paying for is the education. You're not paying for the babysitting. No one can argue that you pay a school for babysitting. Yes, we design our schedule based on the fact that our kids are away from home and they can be taken care of. And yes, when the school gives up, it's a big headache and we don't know what to do, but you can't say that. You can't argue that you're paying a school to babysit. You're not. You're paying a school to, to, to educate. Now, the question is, but the Nasibis' argument is still true. You're not allowed to pay a Rebbe, right? You can't pay a Rebbe to work. You can't pay a Rebbe to teach. You can only pay him to watch, right? And, and here, on the contrary, he's not doing that. And he can't, in this epidemic, he can't even watch. So here you have to know, and this I'll let, leave it all, you can think about this, that you're not paying the Rebbe. That's not the way it works with the school. You pay the school. And the school pays the Rebbe. So the school and the Rebbe, they have this issue, right? That you can't pay for Tyra, and the school paying the Rebbe is paying Ischar Shimur, and so on and so forth. You and the school is a contract with an organization, and the organization is going to provide services. And it's not even so clear what those services have to be. They don't even, you know, write anywhere in the contract exactly what they need to do. The understanding is they'll provide an education. So, and they also provide secular education. So I don't think in the contract between you and the Torah school, you can make an argument that you, it has to be schar because of this problem of ma'ani b'china, ma'fata b'china. I don't think you can make that argument. Between you and a private tutor, you can make that argument. 
between you and a Rebbe you hired to learn with your kid on a private level, you can definitely have this, this, this discussion. But I don't, think, I don't think you could have it with the Torah school, and you can all think about it. I'm not saying conclusively. It's just a thought. It's something to think about. Now, that's the Nesivas' approach. The Chesam Seifer says the Nesivas is wrong. He has a Chubas, Chesam Seifer, a long Chubas. He says it's not true. We don't paskin like that, he says. Who in the right mind says you're paying for Shachar Shimer? You can't be paying a Rebbe all this money for, uh, for, 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 for to, to, just to watch your kids, right? After you would hire a babysitter for much less money. He says, we don't paskin that way. What we paskin is uh, you can pay piece of time and different opinions over there in the Gemara. Pasha disagrees with the Nasivas. He says, you can't go like that. Now, he has a whole different approach. Um, and his approach is, he works with this Ramah of past and future, but his, his a very interesting idea. He says that a Rebbe's job can't be measured month by month or day by day because it's very difficult to teach a class in the beginning of the year. There's a lot of work. You have to learn the students. You have to break them in. You have to train them in. You start them learning Gemara. That's a big job. And then towards the end of the year, it gets much, much easier. And he gets them you know, inspired and they respect the Rebbe and there's much less discipline issues. So he says there's no, no way you can say in a particular year that you're paying tuition each month for each month. It doesn't work that way, he says. It's very similar to the way with a field, he says. You know, you plant, you plow, you, you harvest, and then there's the produce all the way in the end, but there's the whole year of work. It's one big thing. So he says when you sign up for a contract with a Rebbe, full payment is due from day one. It's, 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 not, it's not divided up by months. Even if you make payment plans, you can't pay it all at once, you make a payment plan. But the payment, essentially, he says, is due right away from the beginning. So therefore, he says, it's all past tense. It's all already past chiyuvim. And therefore, he says, you're I'm not really doing justice to this chamsam cipher. I'm just mentioning his concept because it's an interesting thing to think about and interesting to see how it'll play a role here. But that's his approach. His approach is, is that we can't look at it like, oh, there's three months that he didn't do anything. He, that what he did in the first six months was, uh, was, was a, a nine-month job. And the last three months is the easy part of his job, right? So it's, it's not, we're not paying per month of education. We're paying for a year's worth of education, which isn't divided by months. So that's, that's the way the Chesam Sefer uh, looks at this situation. The Aruch HaShulchan is what I also uh, think is going to be, again, the most relevant where it'll, again, patra. So, so far we have like this. So far we have a Ramah that contradicts the other Ramah and says that by a pandemic you don't have to pay. According to the Shach, no, he's talking about it's not a pandemic. According to the Nesivis, it is a pandemic, and the Ramah really holds your putter, and a Rebbe is a special thing. According to the Chasim Seifer, also a pandemic, you really putter. A Rebbe is a special thing. Now we'll go with the Aruch HaShulchan, and that is what we're going to close with. And his, according to him, basically the same thing is going to come out, that by most situations, our situation of a pandemic, you don't have to pay. Here's the Aruch HaShulchan. It's in Simon Shin Lamedalet. In this Hava Be'ir Shinui Aver, if in the city you had uh, epidemic, Ubaruchu, and they ran away, Havu Kishar Oynes, it's like a regular Oynes, Vabi Pseidu Depoil Oy Hamlamid, and the worker or the Rebbe loses. Kain Kasev Rabbeinu Aramah, this is what the Ramah says. Kasev Echem Egedoilim, and one of the Gedoilim, the Paiskim write, Dafka Kishamid Baruchu, only if the minority ran away. Avalam Baruchu Kulam, 
But once everybody runs away, a rival here, the majority of the city, having Makas Medina, it's a Makas Medina by Hefsidu Alabalabais, and the employer, us, uh, have to pay. Umashamlam calls Harmony, you have to pay in full. Commercial cost of the Sif, Dal, like he says earlier. The Shach, this is the Shach. That's the Shach's opinion that this is all, everything it works, and by a pandemic, it's a, it's a Makas Medina, and you have to pay, you have to pay in full. Now, this Arachashilchan is going to finally give us some understanding why it is by Makas Medina you should have to pay. Why should you have to pay? Why should it be different than other Einstein? Bilinari says, just from the way the Ramah writes it, no, the Afim having Makas Medina, even if it's a Makas Medina, no, they, they're still going to lose out. You don't have to pay the employees. You don't have to pay your playgroup moras and the Rebbe. The time nearly, and I think the reason is as follows. It's only when the worker or the Rebbe is ready to work. He wants to work. But the work got taken away from him. The big river dried up. Or if all the Talmidim ran away first, before him, because they're scared. But if at the time when the pandemic struck, everybody was struck equally and everybody ran away, then the Rebbe loses out. That's what the Ramah is talking about. The chilik is, the difference he says is, is the worker ready to work? But what could I do? The work was taken away from me. The government said you can't teach. The, 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 the river dried up. Or did I run away? I'm not, I, as my, and now I fold. I had to run away, but I ran away. I'm just not here. I'm not available to do the work. They ran away. And don't compare it to what he writes in Shem Chavalev. Because there is a Moishal when the government decrees they can't teach. The Rebbe is ready to teach. They don't allow him. Or when there's a disease, the Talmud. The, the Talmud ran away. You didn't, but Talmud ran away. The Pula, even the Makas Medina, he, I have said all about bias. Then the Baal bias loses out, and you have to keep on paying. But when the Poyal or the Malamed themselves run away, as soon as the Aynas begins, and they refuse to work, while they technically could have, why should the Baal Bayes lose? And here is the key. Here is he explains. The time of the Makas Medina, the reason for Makas Medina, the reason why the Baal Bayes loses out, because we look at it like Bishamayim passed the Gezerah over him. It has to be in some way we can attribute the Bittal, attribute the loss of work coming from the Balabais more than it's coming from the Malamed the Gamkin, But not if they themselves created a situation that made it become Baal. So here's a fascinating thing. And let's, we're going to have to think about this. I'm going to leave you with this to think about how we should apply this to our situation. So he explains that the difference in the Ramah is as follows. The Ramah that says you have to pay the Malamed in full by Makas Medina, is where the Makas Medina, what it did was stop the Balabais. That's what it did. The Xerius HaMoshal said, you Balabatim can't send your kids to a school, to a from school, you have to send to public school. 
or the, the river dried up. So now the work, there's no snow work to be done. It's not there. It's a, your field, your field's not available, not workable anymore. I'm here, I'm ready to do my work. Situation doesn't allow it. Then we can shift the blame to the Balabais. We can perceive it as Menashemayim. They're preventing the Balabais from making money. But we're, the Aynas comes and causes everybody to run away. So the pile himself stops working. He says, I can't work. Shuts his door, locks. He says, sorry, I'm not open for business. School locks his doors. The playgroup locks his doors. Maybe we could look at it that way. According to him, that's Kulam Baruchu. And the way he understands, the Ramah would say, no, you don't have to pay in that case. Because the pile is not ready to work. Pile is saying, I'm not ready to work. Pile is closing up doors. Closing up shop. The way I'm explaining it, I think it is very applicable to our case, but I think if you think about it, you can make an argument that maybe it's not. But let me summarize, and we'll have a lot to think about over here, and this is the crux of the Shaila. You saw all the main Maramukimis, you've seen everything that there is mainly to see. Now there's more, you know, this is it a Tushal? It could it be compared, and how much, how exactly do we figure out the value of the school's education, and the Zoom, and then there's room and board, you know, those are all details. But this, this is the Sugi. So let's see what we learned so far. So far we learned the concepts itself of Aynas. Typically the way it works is if it's the piles, something everybody could have realized, pile loses out. Something only the Balabayas could have realized, Balabayas loses out. Something that's in no, one's, no one could have thought of, this remains, no, you know, no one, uh, whoever has the money keeps it. Then we moved on to when there is some work to be done, you can say, that's what you're paying me for, that work, right? So that also might be applicable here, important to keep, because it's not necessarily so clear in the contracts what they need to do to get paid. Fine. Down payments, we said, could be totally different. Now we have Marcus Medina. We have a Ramah says he somehow differentiates from what should have been the understanding of Marcus Medina and the Gemara, that you, who are the Balabais, who are hiring uh, the employee, really should be putter. He says, no, it's really the exact opposite. And Marcus Medina we make the Balabais pay in full. That's what the Ramah says. The Sma says, Makas Medina, no, 50-50. The Gras says, don't pay at all. Okay, it's a Machlaikis, three of Machlaikis. Ramah says, you do pay. Sma says, 50-50. Gras says, Okay, so it should be a Machlaikis. And in reality, just to say, when we have these kind of big Machlaikis in, really you have to make a Pshar. That's what you're really supposed to do. And that's really what's been the advice of all Paiskim, if you look at all the letters, you make a pshara because you can't just say, okay, it's not right. There's a Ramah, Shach, and Taz, maybe, that are saying you have to pay. You can't just say, I don't pay. So that's why they've been saying make a pshara. A pshara means there has to be conversation, right? You have to talk, you have to agree. So that's that. Now, that's that, Machloikis, and those are those three opinions, but now we have a contradiction in the Ramah. We have another Ramah that says that by an epidemic and the Muhammad runs away, you don't have to pay him. So the Shach says it wasn't an epidemic. It was just a minority of people ran away. Okay, then everything is back to where we started. The Nesiva says, no, you got the whole Ramah messed up. The Ramah never said you have to pay an epidemic. You don't have to pay an epidemic. Rebbe's are special because you're only paying them to watch kids. Some type disagrees with him. But he says the reason why Rebbe is different is because the whole year payment. And then lastly, we have the Aruch HaShulchan. And the Aruch HaShulchan says that we have to examine the Makas Medina. Who is it exactly targeting? If the Makas Medina is targeting the Balabais, but the pile says, I'm ready to work, that's Makas Medina that makes the Balabais pay. But if the, Mar- the Makas Medina prevents everybody from working and makes the pile run away, the Rebbe run away, the Rebbe lock his doors just like the Balabais, that's when everybody, all things being equal, you don't have to pay. So that's the summary of what we've learned in this past hour. Very Bikitzer. And that's now 
we could have a discussion of how, what is relevant and what is not relevant. So that's the end of this um, uh, this year, and now you can start asking questions.